Hey, thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. We get to listen to real people's stories of insight, grit, endurance, and maybe a little bit of I can't believe that really happened to you. I'm your host, Monica Martin. Let's get to it. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Scotland. It's Rob McVie. Uh, Rob McVie's life story is a powerful testament to resilience and transformation. In 2011, he hit rock bottom when he was declared bankrupt and felt overwhelmed to the point of contemplating suicide. However, he later received a diagnosis of ADHD and Tourette syndrome, shedding light on the challenges he had faced. Despite these adversities, Rob never gave up on himself. He channeled his determination into rebuilding his life and career. And in 2019, he founded his own company, Boss Coaches, which quickly achieved remarkable success, generating multiple six figures in revenue annually. Through his company, he assists expert personal trainers and health coaches in becoming business athletes, empowering them to break free from the traditional one-on-one in-person approach. Beyond his thriving business, Rob is equally passionate about inspiring others through sharing his story. He recognizes the power of his journey to motivate and encourage others to overcome their own obstacles, and he's formed a Facebook community group where people can connect, support each other, and draw inspiration from his experiences. So, welcome, Rob. Hey, how's it going? It's nice to be here. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, appreciate that that uh, beautiful intro. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, it's really cool when you hear someone else read out uh, all the things you've been through and your accomplishments, and right. it's kind of humbling. <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, is that me? <laughs> Exactly. It's me. I love it. <laughs> I love reading these intros. It's so fun. People just go, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've actually done quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> so where, uh, Phyllisin, where are you based out of? So I am in Scotland. Um, just before we actually um, started, uh, before we jumped on online here, we, we were talking briefly and um, the misconception for a lot of people seem, seems to be that I am in Ireland for some reason. And I do a terrible Irish accent. So uh, we have a couple of Irish clients, one in Northern Ireland and one in Southern Ireland. And they, they have different accents, but I can't get any of them right. So I'm definitely not Irish. I am right on the Scottish-English border. Um, so I am, um, yeah, I'm Scottish, just. Just Scottish. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was telling Rob earlier how... Uh, my family and I went to Scotland in 1998 and, uh, I'm sure it's changed a lot, but we were having a few laughs about, uh, driving, <laughs> driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> it's, it's wacky driving over here at the best of times. So do you know if you're an American coming across here, like you might just fit in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I had a rough time with that. <laughs> I mean, there were a few. There were a few curbs that I left my impression on. <laughs> did you guys like hire a car, or did you? We, yeah, we rented a car straight from uh, straight from Gatwick, and then uh, oh, it was terrible because we hadn't slept. Uh, we tried to sleep. We had a baby. My 
um, one of my daughters was just a baby. We thought, oh, let's just bring the baby. She'll sleep anyway. Well, <laughs> you can't really tell a baby that she's got jet legs. So uh, we spent the right. first three days with her just completely awake all night long. Um, so that was fun. Oh, and then, um, yeah, we rented a car and then just hit every curb all the way through <laughs> London for the first three hours. <laughs> it was bad. Well, the good the good side is you wouldn't be driving fast through London because it's just like a big car park. You can hardly move. <laughs> right. <laughs> just so much traffic, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like any city. It was super fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, you've been yeah. to it's, the, it's an interesting you've been to the States also. So, um, yeah, I've been to a few different places. Um, San Diego was probably my favorite place. Um, I was there back in 2019. We actually have, we, I never shared this with you yet. We we were talking about how we'd been to Austin back in May. We actually have a goal of moving to Austin, moving our family across there. But uh, if anybody's ever thought about moving from the UK to the US, do your research because it's damn tough. <laughs> it's like a minefield of visas. Oh, wow. So we're working on that currently. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Um, I don't, I don't know much about well, I, I have a lot of friends that um, hail from other states, mostly like South America, um, mm -hmm. and they just struggle for years and years with immigration and trying to get even. And they have businesses and houses and families here, and it's just it's a it's a real struggle. So good luck on your good luck on your transition. <laughs> but that so when are you hoping to get over here? So we're trying to time it. Our We've got two kids, so our son's 10 and our daughter's two. So our son finishes junior school in a year and a half. So we're trying to time it before he goes to secondary school, you know, to high school. But if it works out that way, it works out that way. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Basically, just before he, he forms two deeper relationships with his buddies and he doesn't want to come with us and we're not cool enough for him anymore. So, uh, yeah, before, I'm, before I get too uncool, we need to kind of make the move before then. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, my kids definitely don't think I'm cool. <laughs> it, it never gets any better, by the way. <laughs> How old are you, kids? Um, my oldest is 30 now, so and I had them wow. five years apart. So, yeah, my youngest is 20. So, yeah, and they're all spread oh, wow. out now and on doing their amazing things in life. And it's just... It's humbling to see your kids just do all these amazing things. And it's just like, wow, that that becomes part of your story, too. Um, when you know totally. that, gosh, you know, I guess I did OK. <laughs> My kids are doing these great things. And so, yeah. Right. I know exactly what you mean. It doesn't matter how bad your day gets. You just turn and look at your kids and think, I've actually done OK. And you just see all the inspiring things they're doing. So my kids inspire me every single day, every single day. Our little boy, Lawson, he is um, he's probably the most compassionate soul I've ever met in my life. Also the grumpiest, but he's uh, he's so compassionate and loving. It's crazy. And I just learn from him every single day. It's just it's incredible. Yeah, they tell us such great stories and they teach us so mm -hmm. much and um, I, they teach us in ways that are surprising, I think. Yeah. They, they kind of catch us off guard and they, they call us on all of our stuff that we shouldn't be doing, which they kind of keep us in line, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes, Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually, I'll tell you a funny story here. I was actually studying, um, not so funny to begin with. My wife's best friend died of cancer. She was only 30 years old. Um, back in 2013 
and um, it became the catalyst for me wanting to study natural medicine. So I wanted to study natural medicine, not because I wanted to move into that profession or anything. I just wanted to have it for knowledge and um, should touch wood, should anybody in my family get sick, at least we would have alternative options rather than just the usual typical allopathic approach of chemo, surgery, radiation and all of that jargon. So um, as I was studying for my um, PhD in natural medicine, I'm currently at the master's stage. Um, one of our mentors is Bruce Lipton. I don't know if any of your listeners know who Bruce Lipton is. He's wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, an amazing man. Yes, and I read it. Yeah, he's incredible. And in one of his teachings to us as a students, he was talking about the relationship between a parent and a child. And he explained it in a way that just made so much sense in that the parent has went through the sorry the parent is yeah the parent has went through the dynamic phase of their life as a child they've then became an adult and they're almost in a static phase so they've they've formed their conscious mind based off all of these unconscious thoughts that they've that they've had since they were going through childhood and such like the kid on the other hand is still going through that dynamic phase of their life so you have a parent that's in a static phase of their life the kid that's in the dynamic phase of their life and they butt heads sometimes because they agree or disagree in different things. And this is where you start to get conflict between where the kid wants to do one thing, but the parent does the other. And it was such an interesting concept because my wife's a, a psychologist and this was even something she hadn't heard of. So, um, yeah, j just we were talking about the parent and thing, really, really interesting. So it gave me a lot of... Uh, a lot of homework to do to try and understand my children a little bit better and be a little bit more patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you brought him up because he was a huge inspiration for me when I was studying uh, health coaching. Um, a yeah. remarkable book, remarkable man. And yeah, his, his stuff was very cutting edge way back in the day. And he was, ostracized for what he believed. And now all of his, yeah all of his um, teaching is it's like, oh, 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 yeah, I guess you were right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, he could have packed his bags up and just said sorry and off he went. But yeah, he was every his beliefs and everything he believed in people are now like, okay, this is actually true. And you know, and it goes back to that that phase of what he talks about, which is all of these so called experts, were talking from a perspective of Newtonian physics which is if you can't hit it with a hammer, it doesn't exist, like material matter. But we now live in a world where quantum physics exists, where everything is just possibility. And um, that opens the door up for so many different things in all of our lives, which is what are we actually capable of? It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's mind-blowing. So, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Can't, can't speak, speak enough highly yeah. enough of him. Yeah, if anyone's interested, uh, he has some videos on YouTube that um... – he is a medical professor um, and he was basically, he took a job down in the Caribbean because he was, um, he just wasn't finding a right fit for, I think he, wasn't he up in the like Minnesota or. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere up there. Um, he was a cell biologist for a long time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, fascinating man. Um, but uh, so tell us, um, I'm interested to hear more about your story. Um and kind of about your background and what brought you to um, working with other 
health professionals such as personal trainers and uh, coaches? I always find this such an interesting question because I, I believe that there's a there's a pivotal moment for all of us in health and fitness space. For anybody who's listening, you're in this health and fitness space. You will you will know that there was a pivotal moment in your life that became the catalyst for why you do what you do. And it, it's usually not that flattering a story in the beginning. For me, um, not so much the coaching side. When I was at primary school as a kid, I was good at running. And the teacher recognized I was good at running. So Rob was tagged as the fit kid. And then from there, I naturally just, I guess, gravitated towards everything fitness-based. And I joined the British Army. I became a physical training instructor in the British Army. I trained soldiers to go to war. Um, came out of the Army in 2021, sorry, 2001, a long time ago now. And um, just before, um, ironically enough, five months before 9-11, so um, fortunate, I guess. I got my 24-hour standby uh, to move notice when 9-11 happened. So I was nearly called back up. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad they got to keep their medals. And I unfortunately got to you know, be here with you today rather than some unfortunate souls that didn't make it back. Um, I then went through the entire fitness industry, <laughs> um, fitness instructor, personal trainer, managing lots of health clubs and everything else. And then one day I signed a personal training client. His name was Douglas. Douglas was from Glasgow and he was a self-made millionaire. And this guy fascinated me. He fascinated me in the way that not how much money he made, but how much freedom he had. And I wasn't used to that because I'd came from something that was really institutionalized. And even at the time being a manager and a personal trainer in a gym, I had to wear a specific uniform and I was paid a set amount. I had my lunch break at this time and this is when I knocked off and everything was you know, set in stone. And this guy's freedom fascinated me. And he unofficially became my first mentor. He taught me the ropes of what it was like to work for yourself. And I started to work on that. So after that job, I set up um, boot camps, military style boot camps across the UK in 13 different cities. They done really well. Um, I sold them six months later because um, for anybody who knows the British weather, it gets dark and cold here. And most people don't like to roll about in dog shit in a park in the middle of October, November time. So uh, yeah, that was okay. It went well, sold it for an okay sum. And um, after that, I had two different boxing gyms, an MMA club. We then opened up uh, um, uh, our own gym built it to 1,600 clients and uh, got really fed up of it. I was at 23 years in at that point and I got a bit fed up and the thing that I once loved, I kind of started to not hate, but just I wasn't in love with it as much anymore. Uh, and one of my friends was struggling with how to build a business. So I went into helping him, showing him how to do that, which we can talk about further, you know, further into this conversation. But yeah, that's really how I found my way into this industry, which was just... Uh, I was the fit kid, and then I thought it would be really cool just to help people, which is cool. If it's okay, actually, I'll share this story with you. Over those 23 years, I never actually knew, and this probably encapsulates this and answers your question more directly, I never really knew why I was in this industry. Do you know, I was just this fit kid, and I gravitated towards it. My wife, who's an amazingly talented psychotherapist and psychologist, 
says to me one night, we're sitting on the couch and we're just doing the usual chit-chat, unwinding down from our, our day. And we're talking about why we do what we do and how we found our way to this point in our life. And she turns to me very abruptly and she says to me, Rob, do you want to know why you do what you do? And of course, I was like, okay, here we go with some like Maslow Freud rubbish that she's going to lay on me here. Right. And I'm just going to like have a yawn fest. And um, she, what she said next hit me like a ton of bricks. It's changed my life forever. And it almost brought me to tears because she encapsulated everything, my whole 23 years in an industry in one sentence. And she said to me, the day that your dad hung himself and committed suicide, when you were 12 years old, you were too young to save him. You've spent your entire adult life trying to save everybody else. You are a rescuer. And I was just in silence. I was like, how how did you come to that? And it was a, it was a perfect example of somebody who's very good at what they do, being able to analyze somebody in like one sentence. From that moment, my whole life has been about not so much about me and what I can get, but what I can give back. And I'm so happy that I that I was able to um uh for for her to tell me that because otherwise, you know, I, I went 23 years not really knowing why I do what I do. It was just a I kind of enjoy this. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story. And I'm yeah. sticking to it. And she sort of brought some awareness to you that it was it was clear for Absolutely. her, but it's interesting how others can do that they can just say hey you yeah, know what I, I, <laughs> yeah i think i was standing in the picture frame and i couldn't see the picture you know where she's standing outside and she's looking at the picture and she could see clearly so yeah really interesting she sounds amazing at her job <laughs> she she's an, she's annoyingly good at what she does <laughs> yeah but she does things like um because she studied in so many different modalities so based right down to things that you she used to help people with binge eating and such like, and um, hey, maybe you should have heard the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right down to like things, things that you eat and stuff. So if I eat, for example, you know, like we've all done it. We'll go into the kitchen and we'll get a spoon. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I do it regularly. And just like get a spoon of like peanut butter. Yeah. Like, cause you're like hungry, but you're not, you're not that hungry. And the question with peanut butter is always crunchy or smooth, right? So I prefer crunchy. And one time when, I'm, when I, I, I grabbed this spoon of peanut butter and I come into the living room and just eating it, and she said, where's your frustration coming from? I said, like, what do you mean? I'm eating peanut butter. And she's like, well, the fact that you've got peanut butter would suggest one thing related to the salt intake in it, but that's a different story. What I'm more interested in is the fact that you're finding the need to crunch on something. What are you frustrated about? <laughs> so oh, there's an wow. example of how really good she can be. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes too good. Like, I just wanted some peanut butter. <laughs> right. She's like, no, right. I, think I don't think so. She just does it to wind me up. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. just does it to wind me up. Like, and it works. But that's that sounds like good balance, though, in a relationship. <laughs> it's good to have yeah, balance. Yeah, we, we, bounce off each, we bounce off each other pretty well, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. I would not want to be in a relationship with an, a copy of myself. <laughs> So, Could you imagine? Wow. No. <laughs> no. Nobody would get alive, would they? <laughs> no, it would be terrible. <laughs> so um, your company is called Boss Coaches. Um, and yeah. you 
have used the term business athlete. So I'm kind of wondering mm. where you came up with that name and what that means. Yeah. So I'm a big believer that everything has to have meaning rather than just, you know, plucking a name out of the sky and that sounds cool. And let's see if this works and let's see if this makes money and let's see if this helps people. There's a reason behind it. And I always like to, to whatever I've done in any business that I've worked in or built, I always like to take things from a perspective of looking at it from like the flip side of a coin. What does the, what am I trying to teach to my clients? And then what do they actually want? So of course I work with expert PTs, personal trainers and health coaches. What I found from a business perspective of helping them grow their business online most of them don't need another strategy. They need a therapist. And I say that not critically, but I say it from a, a perspective of just experience and observation, which is when we all get out of our own way, it's amazing what we can accomplish. And we've all got some broken stuff going on inside us, all of us, right? And um, at least I've never met anybody perfect yet. <laughs> I don't think they exist. So basically the business athlete thing comes from one, they're wanting to build a business, but they think that their problem is I need more leads. I need to book more calls. I need to make more sales. And they just see I'm not making enough money and I'm not signing enough clients. Whereas what's actually going on is your business is a reflection of you. So if you don't work, the business doesn't work. So the, we, we focus on the business, but before we focus on the business, we focus on you first because you're the one that's driving the machine. You see, the car doesn't go if you don't operate it properly. So the driver needs to be functioning properly. They need to know how to drive the car. So the business athlete thing basically breaks down. I'm sure if, if you've got any health coaches or practitioners, what have you on here, will understand this. It breaks down into the five bodies of consciousness, which is the physical body, the vital body, the mental body, the super mental body, and the bliss body. And we won't go into you know, what those all involve, but the, they all go hand in hand. And it basically, basically what we're meaning, like in a nutshell, is whatever this person wants to hold in their hand, if it's 10K a month business or a new car or a new house or a, living in a different location or just finding clients, whatever the thing is, that's the thing they want to metaphorically hold in their hand. But spiritually, five levels along at the bliss body level, they need to be in harmony with what it is that they're trying to achieve in this life. Like, how do they show up as a spirit? What's their religion? What's their faith? Like, what's the thing they lean on when things get tough? Because if they don't, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be religious. I'm not a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. I believe that if you don't have a faith of some sort, you're going to struggle. So the, what we initially focus on is how do you show up as a spirit, not as a meat suit? And then we work backwards from there, super mental, mental, vital body, physical body. And then this physical body, whatever you want to hold in your hand, is what you'll get. Not because you're good at strategies, not because you're a good business person, not because you're good at making money, but because you're a good human being. You show up in the right way, you show up ethically, you show up genuinely. And um, people can smell that. People can feel it. They can feel the energy from you. And um, I think that's why our clients get to win. We teach them different. 
about how, how to show up as a person rather than what's everybody do 10k months, which seems to be the done thing in the fitness industry. <laughs> yeah, I really identify with what you're saying. And uh, you said business is a reflection of yourself and to show up mm. ethically. Um, I mm. think that is more important nowadays, regardless of what business you're in, um, than almost anything. I'm a health coach and I went to school and I did all the things and it, it's been a struggle because, um, it, the market is saturated with coaches mm. and there's a lot of people out there getting six month coaching certificates. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but you cannot know. <laughs> It took me, I'm still learning and I'm on year three and, um, I'm, I'm actually transitioning more into the spiritual side of things. So I really identify with what you're saying about that, because I think that that is, that's a part of our lives that, um, a lot of people, uh, there, it seems like the energy now is that people are wanting that more than anything. There's this need for deep connection to your soul purpose. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's really, that's really fascinating that you brought that up and that that's a part of what you, um, what you're, you're focused on. That's really interesting. Well, everything's energy, isn't it? You know, like we teach this to our clients all the time. And again, this is stuff Bruce Lipton and so many of my mentors have taught me that everything is energy, even money. Like when we talk to our clients, like the typical thing for our clients is, I want to make 10K a month in my online business because that's what the gurus tell them that they should be doing, right? And basically what that comes down to is, well, you're wanting more money. You don't get to keep money. Energy just flows, money just flows through you like any other energy. You receive it and then you pass it off. It's not, money's not anybody's to keep, but it's what you do with it. So what we tend to find is that people that first start with us, they're focusing on money. And what happens is anything that you try and chase, it runs faster and faster away from you. It should be attracted to you. Now, I'm not going to get the whole law of attraction thing, whatever else, because there's so many different facet levels of it and what have you. But um, it's not about us trying to chase something. It's about the opposite. It's about how is it attracted to us because of who we show up as. So, um, yeah, a lot of what we do is very much broken down into who are you showing up as a person? Because when you start working, it's like, I don't know, it's like the, I was chatting to somebody about this in one of my coaching programs the other day, and Oprah Winfrey says this a lot, the universe is always whispering to you. And it's always worth taking a moment, like what you said at the start of our conversation, taking a moment to just, just be and breathe and just be in the moment and listen to what's going on round about you and be present because there's so many things going on in life. There's so many things happening. Life's so fast-paced. And the, the universe is always whispering to you. And there's always a message. And if we're just open to it, it can direct us where we need to go. So, yeah. That's so true. Uh, just being open to it. I think we're our lives, no matter where you are on this planet, are just overwhelming sometimes. And it yeah. it's... It's not going to slow down, folks. It's just, it's going to keep getting faster and more complicated. And I think 
we really need to focus on connection with others. And that's kind of why I started this podcast. You know, like I, I just, I love hearing people's stories and it's interesting when I hear these stories and how they, they morph into something completely different than what I expected when I first, uh, connected yeah. with someone. It's, it's really, we all have these amazing stories and, uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope to share them, <laughs> but, uh, well, listen, you're doing an amazing job in this podcast. You know, I, I think it's, it's great what you're doing and it, it definitely needs to get out there in front of more people. And, um, cause it's, yeah, just connection is just so, so, so important. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was I was very fascinated with that term, the business athlete. Now I'm going to ask you a really fun question. Hmm. When you think about your life, your business, you know, your family, who inspires you? Who like that? And it could be two people. <laughs> okay, well, this is a really easy one for me because most people. I think when we're the majority of of human beings will look up to a sports star, a movie star, a pop star, a, a somebody, a, a mentor, you know, somebody that they, they, they see is above them in the success ladder and they would love to be like, they admire. I've never been that person. I've never been like, I've never, there's never been anybody that I'm like, wow, I'd love to be like them, apart from one person. That one person still lives in this planet. He's 98 years old and he's my granddad. He served during World War II. The stories, and listen, we'll have so many listeners here that have, have grandparents have been through similar things. So I'm sure this story is going to be really relatable. His stories from World War II and how he, when he visited Hiroshima just after the first atomic bomb went off, he was... Um, on a, on a liner just off Sri Lanka, which was, I believe, Salon, it was called at the time. Um, some of the stories, like, for example, he told the story about being in Hiroshima just afterwards when the bomb went off. And I, I can't do the story justice and even use the tonality and the energy in the way that he does it. But basically, he talks about um, when he got there, it was so eerie because there was literally nothing alive, not even a bird like insects, nothing. Everything was gone. And he says he's never experienced that ever. So much so to, to the extent that when he was across there, because he'd been across before, he now doesn't like the smell of anything that's curry-based, you know, like a curry that you eat, because it's a nostalgic, like it's that thought that goes back to when he was there. As soon as he smells curry, like it turns him off and he's just like, can't have it near him. So it's amazing what it's, you know, what it's done for him up here. But thankfully, he's still alive. He lost his sweetheart, my gran, last year. She was 97, bless her. But she went in her sleep, which was fantastic. And, you know, we all want to go that way if we can. He's still here and he still tells the tales. And that man inspires me more than any other person that can walk this earth. He's just such an amazing human being. A guy who done everything for his family, put his family before everybody else, fought for his country, put his life on the line. Just, I think in this day and age, in this generation, we don't know how lucky we are. 
And I constantly tell my 10 year old son, we take him to see him every, we go see him a lot, but we take our 10 year old son every single Saturday and we make a point of taking pictures and videos and just sharing that moment with him. So yeah, I know like maybe it would be cool to be like who inspires you the most, like a, some famous star that everybody knows, but for, yeah, for me, it's my granddad. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I'm truly inspired by the older generation. And I think that, I don't know if you've noticed this too, but there, and maybe it's different in your country. Um, but in our country, I don't think we give respect enough to older folks and Agreed. they have so much amazing wisdom to share and yeah, they could be cranky and grumpy and, <laughs> but that's kind of what makes them cute. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting the, the stories that they can share and the wisdom that they, you know, because they, they really have a lot to give. And I really wish that our society uh, really gave them a little bit more respect. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, something I've learned along the way is, I don't know if this will be helpful for your listeners, and it, it took me a while to understand this, and we're talking about this subject, is I was always thirsty for knowledge and learning new stuff and education. We now live in a world where that's at the touch of a button, you know, podcasts and videos and YouTube and courses and what, you know, schools and whatever we need to go to and learn, we can do that. You can't teach wisdom, though. Or you can teach it, but you can't. You can't go learn it. You you have to like be in the company of somebody who's been on this planet longer than you, and you can't buy that. You can't go to an education school to buy more time in this earth. You know, listening to somebody in their seventies, eighties, nineties, hundreds, perhaps, is it's crazy. Every morning I go to the gym. I'm there six a.m. and there's a guy called Derek. <clears throat> Derek is seventy two. And I befriended him, or he befriended me a bit of both ways, about, I want to say, maybe three months ago when I joined this gym. And he's my go-to person every time I go into that gym. Because, I, like, if from his perspective, he's just a bit of a lonely guy. He never had kids or anything, and he just loves the company, the social aspect. From my selfish perspective, I just want to hear about his life. I just He might just drop one little gold nugget of wisdom in, in our conversation in a day. I'm just like, great. I've got this to be thankful for today. You know, like he's 30, down, 30 years down the road from me. That's, that's amazing to be able to be in the company. That guy's a mentor to me and he doesn't even realize it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have a similar person in a group gym class uh, that I go to a couple nice. times a week and she's over 80 and oh man, I'd wow. love to interview her. <laughs> but she, <laughs> she is truly my inspiration. Um, she's doing deadlifts and, uh, you know, back squats along with a bunch of 30 year olds. And I just love her and her enthusiasm and she tries and yeah, it's like, it, it's funny who inspires us, but, um, yeah, yeah I just, I hope that That's I'm like amazing. her when I'm 80 plus. <laughs> yeah well that's it isn't it you look at these people and you think am i going to be able to do all that stuff at that age because it's so inspiring <laughs> yeah yeah it's so cool and and it, it also shows a lot of resilience too on that person because and and your and your friend that is uh, at, at the gym you know like yeah 
I mean, you, th- it takes a lot because our bodies, man, they start hurting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, he goes, you know, the funny thing about this guy, it's so funny. He put, he put me to shame the first week I joined. He, um, I spoke to him in the treadmill. So I said, I can't remember what I said, said something about the weather, do you know, like chit chat to get mm-hmm. it going. And we, we struck it off from there. This guy gets up at 3.30 in the morning. He's 72 years old. He was a trucker for his all his life. He's retired. He gets up at 3.30 in the morning. He goes for an hour and a half to two hours walk. He then hits the gym. Does an, uh, between an hour and two hours workout with the gym. Personally, I think he's doing too much. But regardless... The guy then goes in the gym and does stuff, then goes for a sauna and then walks home. He doesn't even take the car to the gym. He walks two miles there and two miles back. I'm just like, well, he walks more than two miles on the way in because he walks around the town for a bit. I'm just like, oh, my God. So when he told me this story, I've started cycling and walking to the gym and leaving the car in the driveway. I love <laughs> As a Derek, you've inspired me. <laughs> if this guy can do it, I can do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's kind of been my go-to. If she can do it, I can get my butt out of bed and put my shoes on and eat my half a banana and get my butt to the gym. <laughs> you know, like no excuses. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I think it's so, it's really inspiring. And I think you need to grab onto those people and, and just, yeah. It grabbed their energy, you know, because, yeah. yeah. It's, I always find it interesting. I've always, I think, it's even since I was a kid, I can remember being in Ibiza on holiday when I was 12 years old, and there was a guy from Wales. His, I can still remember his name. His name was Len Kisby. For whatever unknown crazy reason, if he ever heard this, shoot me a message, Len. <laughs> um, I don't even know if the guy will still be alive right now. He was in his 50s, 60s at the time. This was in, geez. 1992, so he's probably long gone by now. Even since then, I've always gravitated towards older people, and I think because I knew that this just these people carry so much wisdom, and I just wanted to learn from them. It's uh, yeah, I, I never find I learn too much from people that are younger than me. No disrespect, but I can have a good time with them, but I never usually learn too much. So I always like to be a student of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that, that's really interesting. Um... I, I, I do learn things from young people too sometimes, I but I think it's in a different way. Um, they yeah. definitely make me uh, laugh at myself a little bit more. <laughs> um, I Like in my, in my other job, I work with some younger people and um, it's just interesting. I think it's good to have that mix of different ages of people in your life. And it, the young I people do. keep you young. The older people give you wisdom. Yeah. So it's it's good to not just pigeonhole yourself into one uh one We thing. get the balance right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so you have a funny story uh about um a music artist who you trained. So tell us tell us about that. Well, I'd love to say I trained him. I sort of did. <clears throat> so I'm a fitness manager at a gym, uh, a Bannatine's Health Club in Dumfries. And three guys come into the gym one day, just a normal day. Can't even remember which day of the week it was, but just a normal day. And I the, I think it was the second guy. They, they were coming in for their gym inductions. They just joined the gym. They want to know how to use the kit and get a program written and everything else. And the second guy that I've got in for an induction, I said to him, so 
what do you do? He said, I'm in a band. I was like, all right, okay. I didn't really think much more of it. And, you know, just that is what it is. And the other two guys he was with were also in the band with him. So it was three of them. And I didn't really think anything of it. Must be three, maybe four months later, maybe not even as long as that. And I'm standing in a personal training session in the gym one day. And if you imagine there's a line of treadmills in this gym, and like most gyms, there's a like a big um, hanger that comes down from the ceiling and there's a TV in front of each treadmill. So you can stand in the treadmill and you can hook up your headphones and you can watch the TV. So as my clients doing their thing on the treadmill, I had a quick glance up to one of these TVs. Well, here's the guy who's my second induction. He's on the TV. But when he said he was in a band, I'm thinking like he's like a rock star or something, playing guitar, whatever, you know, and like he's maybe just okay. Turns out, well, it turns out, yeah, he's a DJ. He's now a world-renowned DJ. His name is Calvin Harris. Some of you probably know who he is. He's kind of famous. When we went to San Diego in 2019 and we stayed at the MGM Grand, his banner is plastered all across the MGM Grand. He's now the world's highest paid DJ for EDM music. Um, his mum and dad still stay in Dumfries in Scotland, where I live. Uh, he comes back regularly and has a really fancy car. And uh, the town go a little bit wild when he comes back. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird and wacky story. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've had brush brushes with famous people, too, just from uh, being a server and bartender in restaurants. I've, I can't, I mean... Right. It's crazy how many people you, I used to work in Dallas and uh, we, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I ran into so many, I, I've got some crazy stories. <laughs> I can imagine. Some of them not so that I don't know if I can talk about, but <laughs> there's, yeah, good times. Good times. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I looking imagine. at Calvin Harris. He has um, 64.8 million listeners monthly on Spotify. Is that all? That's that's what it said. Yeah, I don't know if that that's just Spotify though. I'm sure, like if you throw in like Apple Music and yeah. everything, it's probably and Pandora. I'm sure it's just crazy. But I wonder if he's needing bread. Maybe we should uh, throw him a sub, <laughs> give him some money. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on him. Good on him. It's fun. Um, so what? I, I have another. I have a fun question. So. Walk me through a day of being, uh, you know, of being you, your job, as far as uh, working with your clients. Mm, this is interesting. So we um, we have two different levels of clients. We have our elite clients and we have our platinum clients. So basically the idea is people go from our elite program where they don't know how to make money online to now knowing how to make money online. And then the second level is, now I'm making money, how do I get my time back? Because they now start to realize that time is actually more valuable than money. But like all humans, what we do, especially people at work, we um, we tend to trade all our valuable time for money because we've got to live, right? And it's why I became self-employed, because I wanted to stop doing that. And it's what we teach our clients. So... Um, I'll give you an example of this. I actually document this for my clients on a daily basis. I've got it here in front of me until this point so far. So 5 a.m. this morning, I woke up, 
6am, I'm at the gym. 7.30am, I come home, I've, I've had breakfast. 8pm, supplement. sorry, 8am, should I say, supplementation. Got to get the supplements in, very important, because, um, you know, the whole toxicity, deficiency thing. Uh, 9.15 today, in this case, um, I had a client call um, with Lucy, who's in England. Um, I then had a two-mile walk with my beautiful little dog. Um, he's only two years old, so he's, he's so much fun. Had some lunch at 11.45 in the morning, not quite lunchtime, but I'm up so early, so it's okay. Had another client call um, with one of my clients, Colleen, she's in Ireland. Um, I'm now here with you, um, but in most cases, I have client calls mostly on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and they're all from different countries, especially, like, I'll give an example of a Wednesday. On a Wednesday, I'm in the Philippines. Of course, in Zoom calls, I'm not there in person. <laughs> um, I'm in the Philippines, um, Denmark, let me get this right, England, Wales, India, USA, and then my day's done. That's a Wednesday. Wednesday and Thursdays are pretty much like that. Every other day, so Monday, I'm saying every other day, Mondays and Tuesdays, I do back-end stuff, back-end work. Fridays, I don't work. Saturdays, I don't work. Sundays, I don't work. I take them off. I spend the time with the family because otherwise, what the hell am I doing? So that's a, that's a I wouldn't say it's exciting by any means at all, but that's a day in the life of, of yeah. me. I think it's interesting to hear other people, how they use their time. And it sounds like you've got it. Yeah. I, I think you're using time blocking, aren't you? <laughs> or, you know, where you, you know, there's different ways to do it, but definitely you can use it on a Google calendar or whatever, but um, yeah. plan it and it will happen, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I have ADHD. It's, um, if I plan things too much, I end up not doing it. So there needs to be quite a bit of spontaneity in there. But I have to have a structure at the same time. It just can't be too deep. Um, so as long as I know what I'm doing. But yeah, the main thing for me is just uh, having a plan, getting it done, just like what I like to say, machine gun it, just get it done, get it out of the way, help, help impact people's lives. When I put my head in the pillow at night, did I help? change somebody's life for the better? Did I give them some piece of information or knowledge or just listen to them, whatever it may be? That's what my focus is for each day is did I did I um did I give value to the people that I that I had um conversations with that day. That's that's the main focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. And it sounds like you're mm -hmm. really tied into into that. You know, like you really want to connect with people and to help them elevate more than just their business, more than just money, but you want to help bring purpose to their life so that all this other stuff that's on the fringes is easier. That's kind of the, the yeah. takeaway that I'm picking up from that. Um, yeah, it's really Well, yeah, it really just goes back to what my... Yeah, it just goes back to what my wife was saying about me, you know, like, yeah, I'm a rescuer. I'm here trying to save people. And it, it metaphorically goes back to Rob as that little kid trying to save his dad, if you like, you know, I'm just I'm out there like helping other people. So if you think of someday, um, if you take my dad as an example, when he committed suicide, he was only 35 years old at the time. What a horrible situation for anybody in this world to be in, you know, to think that, you know, they're so low that they couldn't turn to anybody. 
that that scares me that anybody's in that situation, even if it was a stranger and I didn't know them, like I would be there for them, you know, like pick up the phone, like tell me, I'll drive the car, where are you? And yet there's so many people like that. So we can't save everybody, but we can we can at least try, you know? And um, yeah, I just think I just think life's about like touching other people's lives and just giving back. I think that if you're if you're a happy person, go show sad people that would be happy. If you've got money, go show people that make money. If you're funny, go teach people jokes. Like whatever the thing is, just like give what you've got, give to other people. I think that's what life's about. Yeah, find, get, find, figure out what your purpose is and then go share it. Whatever that is. Absolutely. And, exactly. And, and you know, it, it's hard because sometimes you think you know what your purpose is and you go through the motions of sharing it. And then you realize, you know, I really don't like this anymore. And that's okay. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's My wife done that. She was, a, she was a personal trainer for 15 years and then realized she didn't like it and became a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's, I think it's cool that people change paths. It just means we're growing. It's a good thing. Yeah. And the cool thing about when you change paths is you take everything that, that you did before and you bring it to this new yeah. thing. And that's what makes us all unique. You know, like I spent years and years in food and beverage and hospitality. You know, I bring that with me. I can't just put it in a box and forget it. It's just part of who I am, you know, so I can, and there's a lot of lessons in that, you know, whether it's, I connect with other foodies, uh, chefs and servers and bartenders and hospitality workers, like I can connect with that, but um, but it, 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 it's, you, it's just a part of who you are. So I think that's the cool yeah, thing about when can you, you change. Yeah. When you change paths, it's okay to change paths. And there's a reason that you want to change path. If, if it's, if you're called to, to do something different, then don't just, just do it. <laughs> Life's short. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like that, it's that, it's that gut feeling thing, isn't it? You know, what we call intuition, like listen, people say, listen to your gut, you, you, you actually should. You should listen to it because your gut always knows better than your head. Always. You get that feeling about like something's not right or, you know, when you're wrong the person, and again, I've referenced a few times and go back to Bruce Lipton, he talks about the good vibes, bad vibes thing. When you're wrong the specific person, you get good vibes or bad vibes from somebody. It's, it's that intuition thing. It's your gut feeling. Yeah, we definitely trust that a bit more. And um, I wish I knew that when I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that comes from... Um encouraging younger people to spend time with their grandparents um because you know and spend time with their their older aunts and uncles because you know they 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 help with that intuition too listening to our ancestors and sharing those conversations Mm. their stories their histories and giving validation to that i think it's really important um to to be a part of that yeah couldn't agree more agree more (laughs) Yeah. So, um, where, where can people, you have a Facebook community that you started and I think that's, you you said that that was part of your business. And so where can people find that if they're interested? Yeah. I mean, so we have a website, bosscoaches.co.uk and like any other website, you can just get an idea of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, we have a Facebook, a private Facebook community, which is free to join. It's for personal trainers, expert personal trainers and health coaches. Um, It's health and fitness coaches community. So you can literally just type health and fitness coaches community into the tab. 
um, the search tab on Facebook and you'll you'll find it. Request to join, come on in. We have heaps of stuff in there, lots of free trainings. I am um, like an like an open book. <laughs> I probably give away way more than I should um, because, you know, we've got a business too, right? But I just like to give. And, um, yeah, that community is just full of stuff. And uh, if you if you didn't have a dime to invest in any mentor or coach or whatever, and there's lots of other groups similar, you could literally go to our group, you could implement the strategies, and you could be signing clients online and doing, doing okay. There's that much good stuff in it. So, but hey, what do I know? I'm biased, right? <laughs> well, that sounds that sounds like a really great space. Uh, yeah, and I think that just shows a you know it's it's definitely about Rob. Rob's a giver. <laughs> so that might be your bio now. Rob's a giver. <laughs> there you go. I never thought of that. Go go giver. There you go. Yeah. Rob the go giver. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay to do that because that comes back to you. Um, yeah, good book by the way. If anybody's never read it, The Go Giver. You should read that book, The Go Giver. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you've got the Facebook Great community. Book. You've got your website that people can check out. And uh, can you just tell us that again? Yeah, it's bosscoaches. .co.uk. Perfect. Unfortunately, .com. Yeah, .com was taken, but nobody uses it. Huh. <laughs> You never know. Without, Go find yeah, it, right? somebody's probably sitting on it, wait, trying to make a million dollars. And absolutely, <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm yeah, not buying it. <laughs> kind of dumb. <laughs> um, and then you've got a bunch of. I, I noticed on your website you've got a bunch of different resources. You've got, um, you've got a link to Clientology software and Loom Video. And I've heard of Loom Video, and I've never used it. Um, so I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about the software and the and the video recording. Yeah, absolutely. So we yeah we have a few different things. So Clientology is basically our um, client management CRM and software that we use for all our clients. So what we found over the years of building multiple businesses is it was a bit like knitting a jumper, a sweater, where you've got to like um, you've got to knit all of these pieces of software together. So what email provider did you use? What calendar did you use? Did you use ClickFunnels or Kajabi or Kartra? Did you, you like forms? Was it Google Forms, Typeform, Jotform, Wufoo? Like all of those things. And you're just like, geez, I've got this subscription, that subscription, that subscription. And then there's the cost. Then I've got to knit all of them together and get them to sync to each other, which is just a big pain in the butt. So we have a piece of software called Clientology. You can find it at clientology.com. And it basically does all of that under one umbrella and makes it super easy. You can set up automations. The main reason why we've done it, we actually don't promote this externally, um, like from a sending traffic to it perspective. We have it on our website, but it's really just a, a cheat sheet, if you like, for our um, for our private clients. Um, so that's Clientology. Um, Loom is not ours, of course. Um Loom's just a great little Chrome extension. So you can go to the Google Chrome store. So go to Google, type in Chrome store, and then type in Loom, L-O-O-M. And basically all that does is it just records your screen. So you can record your screen. You can create a free account. You can record a screen for, I believe, up to five minutes free. Beyond five minutes, there's a small monthly cost. Um, And you can record your screen with you here and if you want to give a screen share to clients or a friend or whatever, you can use it. It's, it's really handy. Yeah. And I, I think like screen, uh, screen recording can be used in so many different 
uh, jobs and businesses. So I thought I just mm. wanted to mention that because it's such a cool uh, software. And the clientology guys is with a K. It's K L I E N T O L O G Y. If you want to check that, you out. know why? why you know that? why it's with a K? Why? Because because the same as the dot com because the C was taken. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. And the good thing with it, well, the good thing with it is the key is actually cooler. It looks better. I think it looks, <laughs> I think it's much better. It's very catchy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's, the, yeah. that's the universe whispering to you again, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Listen to your intuition <laughs> and talk and, and, and spend time with your grandparents, everyone, because they're awesome. <laughs> Say it longer. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, it's been a really fun uh, ex- 45 minutes, 55 minutes now. Oh, my gosh. We're cranking out yeah. the time there. But thanks so much, Rob, for um, for coming on. Well, listen, thank you for doing what you're doing. Keep, keep inspiring everybody. And I'm looking forward to seeing what guests you've got coming up. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you, buddy. Bye. joining me today be sure and hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to great pod content i'd love it if you could tell a friend about this podcast and you can find any links mentioned by my guest or by me in the show notes below our music is funk beats by ecolix and you can find them on the audio jungle i'll catch you next time around see you soon